Ew. 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 Ew, what up? What up, 2024? We're coming for you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You know, like, I, I don't want to come out with that, hey, we're coming for you type oh, of yeah, energy. I, like, I'm sorry, I'm humble. Just, uh, think about 2024 as like a beautiful babe, you know? You don't want to, you don't want to say that. Oh, sorry. You, you want to say, what's up? I want to get to know you. I'm looking forward to how we vibe together. I want to be on you, in you, and with you. <laughs> I am on you and you and with you. So please help make this easy for me. <laughs> what is 2024 all about? Don't you wish that it could just tell us? I mean, if you're like into the stars and shit, I mean, you could have someone tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the year, well, in February, uh, Chinese New Year is uh, the year of the wood dragon, which I'm pretty excited about that, being what? an earth dragon myself. What's that mean? What's a wood dragon? What's the, what's the energy all about? I mean, I'd, I'd want to refer to Google to give you a really good answer, but I think dragon's like a really powerful creature. Uh, so there's a lot of energy, some fire. Yeah. It's weird. I associate dragons with gambling for some reason. And we're we're going towards a project that has something to do with gambling. Oh, look at this shirt I decided to wear today, Interesting. too. Interesting. Whoa. Look at, look at the energy we're imbuing 2024 with already. Yeah. For Christ's sake. The gambling addiction's coming for me. It really is. <laughs> it really is. You know, I'm, I'm like, I want to make a movie about gambling addiction. You're like, we should go gamble. I'm like, I gave that up. Like, I guess it's cute to you. I, well, you know, it, it's like a, a person that doesn't struggle with addiction being like, woohoo, <laughs> through life. And it's like, that's cute, but I can't gamble. Not because, uh, not not necessarily because I'm a gambling addict, but because uh, I don't like losing money. I don't like the whole feeling. I don't like getting pulled into that. I don't like chasing the loss. Yeah. I don't really find myself at risk of that because anytime I lose money, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. And like, you learn your lesson. That's why you're not a, a proper addict. Yeah. What well, we put down, like, you put like 250 down on one hand of blackjack and lost because some guy walked to the table and we're like, all right, we're done with this. And then we haven't what gambled in money. What the heck are you talking about? Slow it down. Slow it down. <laughs> Some guy walked up and in two hundred fifty dollars and lost, and I, I said, "What the heck? What the heck? <laughs> what are you talking about?" I don't know. I feel like the last time we were in Atlantic City must have been like eight or ten years ago. Now, uh, we were like leaving the hotel, and you're like, "Let me just play a hand or two. and yeah. you were feeling maybe you won a little bit. Maybe you can tell me better, but you were feeling like a little big dog. You did a, a I mean, a two hundred fifty dollars or something. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it's, it, I never would make that bet up front. That, that's usually like a, a bunch of circumstances happen. It's like maybe I've won a, a few hands and I put up a bigger bet. Like yeah, maybe I, I put get up, off this table. Yeah, maybe I put up like a 50 or or $100 bet and then there's a double down situation and then maybe another double down situation comes up. And uh, yeah, from what I remember, I, I, to try to decode your little gobbledygook right there, <laughs> yeah. I think that there was someone sitting at the table that doesn't like when when you're playing blackjack at a table you're kind of all against the dealer and when people don't know that and they don't really know how to play the game they can really fuck you up you know they end up taking cards that should have been the dealer's bust card or whatever and i lost uh, 250 bucks on like a situation like that and i looked in the eye and i said i will never gamble again and i did i did and i won like 1600 bucks but it's weird i, I don't yeah i don't i don't care i, I don't want to do it I, don't I, th want to do I think it. that's fair. I, the way I I think I've see, said this about gambling is that I don't I don't think I'm good at it. Like we talked to Noah a lot about this. He's like gambling. Like I'm. He's like I'm not a good sports gambler. I put like fifty dollars on the whole season of football or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like that's smart. Um, 
and then I, you know, I want to take bets, and then I find out that I would have lost the bet if I had taken the bet. So that's a good way of going about it. That's kind of what Noah's doing. He has like he's like I put like a hundred dollars in the game, and he like sees how he does by the end of the year to see if he's a good gambler, and he's like he never is. So no one is. Yeah, no, you're not meant to be. Nobody is. Uh, you, you, I've started following this guy on Instagram. That's like a baller. You you recommended him oh, to okay. me. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that guy's deal? He I he knows some way. To, I don't know if he's scheming the system or very lucky, but he knows like some way to win. When he won like eleven million dollars at a in Las Vegas, and they banned him. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he just puts up in his stories just like stacks of cash all over the place. And it's just like him partying with his boys and there's just like always stacks of cash around. You don't like really see security or whatever. I'm like, this guy's got a giant target on his back. He films himself having sex with prostitutes and puts it on Instagram, just puts a little blur over their face. And like there's stacks of money like on this chick and all around her. And I'm just like, we got to interview this dude. We got to see what this guy's all about. I'm glad you're doing the recon because I didn't know about the prostitute videos. He, uh, <laughs> he is, is Vegas man. He is Vegas, man. What the heck are you doing over there? I spilled a little. Luckily, I have so many napkins. Yeah. Well, we're sliding right into 2024. Uh, uh, me on the heels of uh, strep throat for the first time, probably since I was a young boy. Yeah, and we don't even know exactly how you got it. It's crazy. Well, we did a live stream at Noah's. We're going to blame Noah. Yeah, I'll blame Noah. Cause, like, we show up to his house. He's like, man, my kids just had strep throat. And I'm like, this motherfucker. You couldn't have told me that before we come up here. And two days later, I have it. So I feel like I'm going to blame you, though, because I think you get into the headspace of, like, you were around someone else who was sick, and you were just, like, you kind of, your body goes into defense, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I was already, I feel like, a little compromised. I was on the ropes. My immune, like, I, I, I hadn't had, uh, like, a good night's sleep, so I was a little bit on the ropes. And then strep throat came in there. <laughs> got me. With the KO. Really got me. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's up. bad when you're having to go to urgent care or whatever. You're yeah, like if I'm around. saying like, hey, take me to urgent care. Also keep an eye on me tonight and I'm sorry if I pass away in the night. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But man, does an antibiotic work? Good lord. Yeah, I, I, I hate antibiotics, but I remember that you need them. And like modern medicine is something to be grateful for. Why do you hate antibiotics? Oh, because they just do a number on your gut and, yeah, you know, yeah. the idea is that you could become antibiotic resistant. I just think our culture over relies on antibiotics. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid statement. But it subject. was pretty humbling for you, I feel like, because you were just like going through a lot and experiencing a lot. and. Yeah, I called it in, I think, because, you know, it did go through my head at some point a few weeks ago. I was like... I don't really want to drag this nicotine habit into 2024, another year of my life. Like, you know, just stupid, stupid nicotine habit that's just getting more expensive because they know now everyone's addicted to these fucking Zens. So they just keep jacking up the price. And I'm just like, what am I doing? You know, but also at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to quit this. You know, and in my head, I'm like, well, the way I've done it before is you just get sick. Really? Yeah. That you had that thought. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I had I had quit nicotine for uh, nine months, a couple of years ago, because we went and saw Bob Dylan, and I got sick, and I was like really sick for a couple of weeks, and I couldn't put one of those things in my mouth. I just couldn't do it, and I kicked nicotine, and it was awesome. 
then on my birthday, I think my 41st birthday, me and Joey went golfing and he handed me one of these things and it started the habit again. It's why like you can't be trifling around with that kind of attitude. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of why I warn you with peace and love. It's like, it's cute. You bust my balls and you like want to gamble or whatever. That's not really my thing, but don't do that with nicotine. Don't fuck around with me. Yeah. 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 Don't fuck with me. You know, (laughs) no, I was, I'm not mad at Joey, but I think there was a little bit of like, he hands you one of these, he gets, you've been so good. And then he quits it. And it's like this whole journey of having to quit. And then you are still, you were, well, first of all, uh, shout out to Joey. He's my boy for life. He's, he's, he's top. No matter how many times he gets you addicted to the Zins. He got me addicted to them to begin with. Then I quit them. And then he comes back and he's like, come on. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. And then I get addicted to him again. And then he quits them. And is all like, oh, yes, I'm substance free. I'm like, okay, good for you. You don't have stressful family breathing down your fucking neck all the time. Like, you know, I get it why why you don't, wouldn't need that as much. But like when I kick these things, like I really need to remain disciplined. So I'm five days nicotine free. How's it feel? I don't know yet. Okay. I know that it feels good in an accomplishment type of way. Mm, mm-hmm. Like I really feel like I'm in like a detox right now. Like we're, yeah. I, I could only do this. We're up at your mom's in Maine. I can only do this here. And I knew that I was, and it's so, that's why I'm like, did I call this in? Because I was like, I don't want to drag uh, unnecessary habits into the new year. I also know the only place that I can kind of rid myself of habits is up here. Cause it's just like quiet. No one's bothering me. No one cares what I'm doing. You barely care if I'm in a bad mood. You know when I am, and you just kind of leave me alone. So I kind of knew that there was a window. And I also it planted the seed in my head of like, man, I've been getting sick every January. It'd be nice to just get that done with in the week between Christmas and New Year's where nothing's going on. And like clockwork, strep throat comes, and I'm like, on Christmas, like my throat is closing. The next day we come up here, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the night. We get up, we get this... uh we get the antibiotic, and I haven't done any nicotine throughout all that, or smoked any weed. Totally, really. I'm I'm raw dog in life in 2024. You're a raw dog. I'm a motherfucking raw dog. I really am. I really am. A, like, and it, and it's a cool experiment to kind of bear witness to in my own head, because I'm I'm kind of like purposely peeling back layers of chemical prophylactics that like prevent me from fully feeling life if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so you're like oh what's life gonna feel like now like oh man whoa i'm fucking handful uh you know like i actually like what what's dawning on me is like a lot of this stuff i do for the people around me in a way so i'm bearable and tolerable and not like hyper masculine intense person and, uh, yeah, I'm just going without that right now. Yeah. We'll see how life feels. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be better. I mean, I just feel like, why would you want to have something that you want to learn to self-regulate? Like, that's what we've been talking about, like, with Ozempic or whatever. I saw someone talking about how it's kind of like an eating disorder. I mean, obviously, some people really need it, but... The thing with Ozempic is like it suppresses your body's natural urges for hunger. And that's what you were doing with nicotine. Yeah. And so now you're like very hungry, but that's okay because you're hungry. You're like able we to listen to your body or you're irritable. And I think if you like always anesthetize the irritability, you can't go in and through it. And you can't like look at what 
where it's coming from, what changes you need to make rather than because then it's like, oh, I have this trigger. And instead of dealing with the trigger and transmuting the energy of the trigger, you're like, oh, I just always put this bandage when that trigger comes up or when I feel anxious about life or my future or my relationship or my dynamic or whatever it is or myself. It's I don't know. I'm very proud of you for doing it. Um I was, I was like, not, I'm not trying, I have not been trying to make a big deal about it or been like, you know, I really wanted to get a few days under my belt I before I even told anybody what I was doing. Uh, yeah. And I know you're not doing it, so I'm proud of you and I hope that doesn't like dissuade you. No, it makes, it, it makes me want to do it. Okay, good. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to be a good girlfriend by not like being on your shit or shaming you for doing it or being like too congratulatory for not doing it because I know it's your own journey. Yeah, yeah. But I think... Uh, you should lavish me with praises in like a week or two. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'm still getting over dealing with you coming off of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, at some point I threw nicotine at you. I was like, you need to stop. Whatever this is, this needs to stop. I, You should do nicotine for me because... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of what I was telling you on the ride up here. I'm like, I use this because like I don't want to be in a bad mood. I don't want to be in a bad mood around my family and I'm not going to change them. And like, I've done my best at changing me and you know, here's where the rubber meets the road. I need nicotine to get through my life with my family. And I keep telling myself that, but the truth is I don't, you know, I don't need things to kind of block out the full experience of life. And if I do, I know they're there, but I, I, f I just feel like I've done my dance with some of this stuff. Weed's a tricky one. You know, I, I'm not really sure, but like that, that kind of just happened by happenstance. I was like, my throat's so fucked up. I, I can't rip dabs 24 seven right now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you don't rip dabs 24 seven for a couple of days. And like this, um, it's almost like two, it's, it's like, like clarity and energy comes roaring back that I'm like, whoa, like, fuck. Oh, I forgot. That's what life is. Damn. <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's intense welcome to the mud and the gates of hell are locked from within yeah and it's not anyone else's fault and i just uh yeah i just want to start developing um some better coping mechanisms i guess for myself that aren't expensive or relying on some company poisoning me yeah no i think it was even synchronistic we uh tuned into uh we love duncan and he was on Joe Duncan Trussell. Yes, we love Duncan. He was on, Duncan Trussell was on Joe Rogan, and they were talking about, you know, Duncan was saying about the three days of hell. Like we basically will keep habits in our life forever, because we're we don't want to go through the three days of discomfort. He was saying two days or two days of discomfort yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it really does feel like the path to hell is like paved in our hab with our habits almost. Yeah. Or like or the path to death. What I don't know how I was framing in my own mind, but we're just... Because with our habits, any habit that takes you out of the moment, you might as well be dead, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I really don't even know fully what, what this stuff was doing for me. You know, I, I know what it feels like when you when you suddenly rip it out. And, and that's tough. What and, does it feel like? Um... I mean, you saw me uh, just com it, it, just very on edge, I very on edge. It feels like you were very vulnerable to a negative storyline. Yeah. Like you maybe because you weren't feeling good or you were within withdrawals or 
the the storyline about everything became the worst storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like. I mean, I'm like, I have a fever. I'm sweating all night. I'm dehydrated. I'm, I'm, I haven't moved my body. You know, like there's so many other factors. And then I'm like, let's get rid of uh, my little friends, nicotine and weed. See how this fares. And And truthfully, I would love to do that without you having to bear witness to it. You know what I mean? If yeah. if we had any kind of life where we could be away from each other for any amount of time, that's what I would use it for. You know, I, I don't need you to see me like that. I don't need your mom to see me like that. Hopefully she really didn't. But, um, you know, I'm doing my best. Just got li- raw dog life. I like the idea of raw dog in life. Like we're here. And the thing is, you don't end up raw dog in life because something always kind of fills it in like a different type of. Like you said, my, cause I, I was, I've been taking things out and you're like, you're going to just start indulging in food more. You know, there's always something that. Well, I told you that's what I want to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm like, uh, I definitely use nicotine to be like, oh shit, I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. It's three o'clock. Fuck. I know we're not going to eat till five thirty. Fuck it. You know, instead of just going and grabbing an apple or making a smoothie or a banana or something, you know. It's like my body needs fuel. My body needs energy and it needs fuel to get that energy. And yeah, I was using nicotine as a shortcut, these little pouches. And uh, I hate them. Really? I think. I think I'm ready to say that. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Like, that's the thing. I like them, but like, I don't. It embarrasses me that you think I need a crutch. Like, that's on. That's a. that's honestly a big part of it. Like, I just see you just kind of blissfully raw dog life i see you do it and like you're fine your mood is stable and you know obviously it has a lot to do with like i was complimenting your mom today and saying you guys did a great job with cass she's probably the most well-adjusted person i know she's very nice she's uh not manipulative she's not trying to get one over on anyone you're very like innocent and sweet yeah, but I had an innocent upbringing, you know. What yeah, I mean? that's why I don't try to judge you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. You've, you've grew up a lot faster, and you've had to grow up differently. And I don't know. That's why I don't want to judge anyone on what they have to do. But I know that you want to figure out what your life looks like when you don't use a crutch. Like, I know you want to. Yeah, I'm very curious about that. Yeah, this curiosity at the very least, like. And that's a, I mean, every time, cause you've been sick, every time you get sick and I start to feel it coming on, I just do like very intentional breathing. I'm like, I think, I think I could breathe my way out of this sickness Yeah. <laughs> and being yeah. contagious and just like by oxygenating my blood and like move, moving the energy. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to be like cocky, like I don't, I don't never going to get sick cause I can breathe, but that's just, that's, no, I do you, when you're like, oh, okay, I'm, um. I'm very susceptible right now. My boyfriend's sick. We spend every moment together. I feel something coming on. What else can you do? Start breathing. It's also the solution to my issue right now because uh, that's what was getting me through. Because like the, it, 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 the thing about a nicotine craving is it's, it's so fleeting. It's, it's not like an ever-present thing. It's yeah. not like, oh, this day is going to suck. It's like... There's going to be like four moments in this day that are going to suck for me. And I can make a bigger deal out of them than I need to. Or I can oxygenate my blood and just start taking deep breaths. And uh, that helped me. And and just reminding myself that it's temporary. That, 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 like, that feeling, it's so hard to describe if you haven't had it before. I was, I was jonesing for something the other day that I was 
trying to quit and i i mean i mean the social media can be like that totally where you're just you yeah you know the feeling yeah we're just like i don't even mm-hmm. know what to do with myself like yeah i always grab for this thing and i'm just like you know and that's good though though that's good though because certain things are starting to fill in the gaps you know mm-hmm. it's slow mm-hmm. but sure you know I've, something else takes its place yeah yeah i mean i think like now we're coming up on like almost four years from when this quarantine started. I know people don't like hearing about it or talk about it that much anymore or anything like that, but that fucking fucked us up. Us and everyone else. And it's like, it's it's so, such our culture that like, it's not like a huge talking point all the time. Like, whoa, what did we, what did we just go through? Uh, you know, is another one of those on the horizon? Like, I don't think we fully know how that it kind of affected our nervous system and our uh, everyone's individual and collective or like approach to life and approach to relationships. And like, I think we just see right now a lot of really weird symptoms of that, but we don't talk about it as symptoms of it. We talk about it as if it's the thing. Well, I mean, like, why are men so weird? How come they're not committal? How come, you know, like it, just go name an issue. No, I'm like, we I, just got isolated. You know? I was just thinking about that last night, like psychologically, how that has affected us and almost affected like how we look at the future. And if we do look at the future, because there's our tightrope collectively got so shook yeah. that we're all just like living in the like, I think in a way that's beautiful and can help us get closer. But like gratitude for today, because we mm-hmm. don't know what's coming. Yeah. And there's like a little bit like maybe there's a little bit of unedge about that. And maybe it's causing people not to like dream or plan or feel like comfortable or confident investing in certain energy because they just like life can just we all experience life getting shook up so much Mm -hmm. that it's like, fuck your plans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it's uh, it's uh, encouraging a more adaptable future. And I think that's what's required in this new age is like being adaptable, being resourceful, being more communal. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for this year, at least. Yeah, of course. I'm hoping for those things. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a tough thing, you know, to, uh, to I, like, I, I feel like the quarantine and, and coronavirus and all that, it was like a double edged sword. It kind of like, it, it it helped the working class get a taste of like what freedom was like again, mm-hmm. but it also isolated us further than ever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're dealing with the fallout of that now. And it's just a, it, it's just a very strange era. I think we'll look back at the twenties, very strange decade. Um, and hopefully not the beginning of, of like some sort of downfall that we've been experiencing, but I know whenever someone's like, this is the hottest year of record. I'm like, this is the coolest year of years to come. Oh, yeah, you know that, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I try not to think about the weather that much. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm not kidding. Like, I don't know what thinking about the climate or the weather could possibly do to help my life. You know, like, what are you going to do about it? Oh, I, well, I mean, when I, with what I said, I'm grateful. Like, I'm not being like, oh shit, everything sucks. I'm like, well, this is, this is actually pretty nice right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It it pulls you back into that. Like, Hey, if I'm to believe those narratives about all that stuff, shit's going to get really, really much worse. Yeah. My mom lives on like in coastal Maine and she shows me where like, since she's moved here, I guess it's been five years, Mm -hmm. how much 
the coast is just like swept away. Oh god. Like significantly. Like these trees that have been here forever like are just like their roots are just fully exposed and then just like falling into the ocean. And yeah, no, it's it's interesting to think like in ten years, twenty, thirty years time, uh, where the sea levels will be or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you wanted to inspire more less waste I, that's what i'm like that's all i'm thinking like how can i be more resourceful less wasteful you know it's my my interests are just changing i just feel like collectively we're shifting from like there's going to be this pull towards being like consumptive people because that's what uh makes other people money is if we're just if we consume a lot mm-hmm. um and i think there's just going to be there's going to be the tug and war or push and pull of people wanting to consume less and yeah. And not having the means to consume as much as we have. Mm. I don't know where it's going to lead. Yeah. Maybe that'll be like, maybe it'll inspire um, actually doing a universal basic income. Well, that's what it comes down to for me. I'm like, okay, if all these narratives about climate change and, and catastrophizing our future and fatalizing everything are just leading to the working man having to, you know, consume less and do this more and, and, you know, like I I read that like one one of Taylor Swift's private jet flights emits more bullshit into the air than your whole life of driving a, a gas car. One of those. So uh, there's nothing we're going to be able to do to stop this. I feel like a lot like these narratives get introduced and they're like, and by the way, it's on you, the little guy, See, to not take as long of a shower. <laughs> Yeah. To, you know, and it's just like, what? What are we talking about? I totally... I, what I what I hope the narrative shifts to is how are we going to better take care of ourselves? There's going to be a lot more economic and climate refugees. Massive populations are going to have to be moving around the globe over the next few decades, centuries. How are we going to make that easier? How are we going to make life better for humans? Because the the corporatist approach to life has made it not good as good for humans as it could currently be so i hope that's where the conversation shifts as opposed to this shame and blame of like you used a plastic straw How totally you? no it's totally it's yeah they're very I, you ate a hamburger very intentional that we're all pointing fingers at each other instead of looking i mean the number one polluter in the world, I believe, is the, uh, the U.S. United, military. U.S. military with like how many trillion dollars unaccounted for. Um, we don't even know what they do. It's very, it's a very sick industry. And um, you were telling me how all these companies that you wouldn't think make parts for bombs, like ball jars. Yeah, yeah. You know that it's that that's how in America you make a lot of money as you and you join the military. That's when you know you've really made it in America is when you get invited into the the party of, hey, we're gonna filter Americans' tax dollars to you under the guise of defense. That's how you know you've truly made it into like an Illuminati level inner core of American society Mm -hmm. is when you're like, great ball jar. Uh, we appreciate you for your service getting all these ball jars out there all these years and people are making pickles people are having a great time i drink out of one of these things and then you find out that they're working with fucking raytheon to you know perfect the art of uh eradicating brown people around the world so and yeah. and and it's not just them like that's just like the low-hanging fruit of an example 
countless companies. Well, it's, it's almost it like you how, reach a certain level and they're like, all right, you're in on it. It just shows you how insidious it is. Like this innocent, what's, what per- perceptually would be this like innocent company that like helps people homestead by <laughs> canning your fruit. Like everything about homesteading is like, how can you can fruit and vegetables that you grow? Mm. And you and your biggest ally with that is ball jars. Yeah. And then to know that your biggest ally with that, that you're supporting them is also supporting... Uh, Destruction, death and destruction. Death and destruction. But my point, I guess, is not maybe it's not a point, but what I want to say is that we are the world. And so... We are the children. We are the children. And I think that... I'm not saying, like, I want everyone to be shame and blaming themselves at, into taking shorter showers or whatever it is. But I think if, if that's collectively where our consciousness goes of, like, hey, we love this place and we wanted to... Like, you know what I mean? I think that cl- that if the United States or the global population, if everyday people were just also on board of like the that we want to have these type of habits, I don't know. I'm getting in the weeds. But it reminds me of we watched that spooky um, movie that was executive produced by the Obamas. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it called again? When the world ends? Where the where the uh, leave the world behind, leave the world behind. Okay. And it's just showing how vulnerable we are yeah. as a population and that it. I think the bigger, it, to us, when we watched it, at least to me, was like the bigger point wasn't be scared of other countries. The bigger point was like, hey, we're actually just like very unable to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And anything could happen at any point. I'm not trying to be like our, a our scary obsession, person. Our but, obsession with technology has rendered us pathetic. Yeah. And... um the thing about the technology that we're birthing is it's not going to be as reliant on clean air and clean water and this and that as we are. Yeah. So it's, it's not going to be that thing's concerns. Like we're birthing a super intelligence that is going to be beyond like earthly things like that. And, it, and it, I'm, I just get concerned that we turn more and more over to that and we turn into it. And mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before, but you just see people that, have been raised by an algorithm and they become an algorithm. And it's just like, you know, very concerning, very concerning, like just human qualities, like being diminished, you know? Yeah. We're, we keep removing ourselves from our humanness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what that movie was pointing out, mm-hmm. which is like when push comes to shove, we're going to have to rely on each other. If there were to be some attack or, major calamity or whatever whatever it is my mom's big concern yeah and like it's okay so if that happened you don't think that we'd immediately have to be like best friends with everyone in this cul-de-sac here we're beyond that we can't do it you know everyone's too addicted to to their little um reality tunnel of you know whatever their things are you know working together is just like it's so not an American value. It's so not a capitalist value that I think we have uh, really lost sight of some things. I think that's what that movie was trying to highlight, but I think to me what it highlighted was like a much more nefarious, like disgusting thing. I don't know why a war criminal like Barack Obama would even be in the position to make a movie, you know, (laughs) and make a movie like that that's really like masks off, like, hey, you know, here's my dark, twisted fantasy. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Go fade into obscurity, you fucking criminal. 
and 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 the rest of your fucking ex-presidents too and all your staff all the fucking everyone that surrounded you everyone that convinced you to go against the people everyone that convinced you like eh, let's let's leave the single payer option off of your gigantic uh health care revolution bill and you know it'll just be a gift to the insurance companies everyone that convinced you to go in and start drone bombing and every you know like fuck them all they shouldn't be out there making movies saying like well look how pathetic you've become you made us this way motherfucker <laughs> the fuck happened in 2008 dog we put you in there when push came to shove when the economy collapsed you gave the already wealthy our tax dollars why don't you give it to the people, motherfucker? Who the fuck put you in there? Oh, they put you in there. I thought it was us. I thought it was all this hope and change stuff. Okay, cool. Won't make that mistake again. I don't know. It, it, motherfuckers like that radicalize me more than the Trumps of the world. Someone that goes in there, hope and change. I'm fighting for the people. I'm going to go. I'm going to get you guys health care. We put them in there with a super majority, and they can't do it. Who's really in control here? <laughs> how do we keep a positive disposition how do we keep up our pma in uh in light of all of that yeah in lieu yeah i think uh turn on tune in and drop out <laughs> it's kind of what we've done like you know we, we've done like we don't get braggadocious about it but like we've kind of done this like experiment of like what if we just try not to pay attention to what's going on like in the news at all like let or you know or like politics or for me it's not the like, election cycle or whatever like let's just not pay attention for me it's like less about not paying attention and more about not paying attention to the spoon fed news you yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah that's what i mean yeah no i, I, I know corporate um, news corporate narratives. news yeah, yeah corporate news narratives because i mean if you follow the right people on social media or whatever you can the people are the press now yeah you know it's a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful world. And it, yeah, it kind of feels like that's who should have gotten person of the year is like some Palestinian journalist. Yeah. Um, but you know who got it? Taylor Swift. I know. I, I almost want to read the article to be like, why are we that? That's how in denial we feel seem like the corporate entities want to be about what's going on in our world is like here, just like have it be this pop star who makes all this money and has captured the hearts and minds of like this new generation. But like, it, but it's not saying much of anything. Don't think about all that. There's this right. pop star. Yeah. You know, and I like, remember you just brought this up last night. I totally had forgot. I had blocked this out of my memory. We're hanging out with some friends and this girl finds out like, she's like, Oh my God, did you guys, uh, did, did you guys like see the new Taylor Swift thing? And I was like, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard one of her songs. Like, I don't, I don't know. She's like, oh, really? Wow. She's like a generational talent. She's like, uh, she's as good, if not better than Bob Dylan. And I was like, really? In what way? And she's like, her lyrics. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That just was like, wow. Uh, hate, are, hating on people. What have we love. become? Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, the, we're putting Taylor Swift and Bob Dylan in the same conversation. You I mean, say I guess nothing, that, you have nothing, you give nothing, <laughs> you are nothing. You are nothing. <laughs> and that, that's more what I'm saying about uh, us keeping our hearts and minds on like, I don't care what anyone else does. But for me personally, not doing it out of shame and blame, but like my ideas for I think if we all like attuned our life for like, how can we support a better world? 
whether that's like through us expanding consciousness through talking to people and hearing where they come from and helping people become more connected through film and cinema and documentary you know that's i'm not trying to like pat ourselves on the back but i think that we have that should be everyone's goal in every job or art form or career or approach to your adult life is like how do i bring people together that's the most important thing how do i bring people together it's one of the many important things like commute like community but it's like how do we make a better future it's like the the broader yeah aspect community heals and community heals through accountability really Mm. and it's not through strict sets of rules or whatever it's just simply be because we all want to feel accepted and loved Mm -hmm. so surround yourself with people that are like-minded and it'll begin to heal you right like i'm saying like i look at you the person i spend the most time with and i'm like you don't have a bunch of fucking annoying expensive little vices that you got to constantly be putting something in your mouth and fucking smoking a little thing and you know just twisting reality just enough to make it work for you like you don't have to do that so i'm like that's inspiring I'm going to try that, you know, and, and Joey did it. And I'm like, I, I can, if Joey can do it, I can do it. And then by me talking about it on here, there's like a little bit of accountability. You know me, I don't, I don't want to go back. No, on once something, you but, say you're doing something, you keep doing it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, what's fun about it is cause you kind of get bored. You can get bored with how you're doing life, you know, even if it's working for you. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's your experience, but like. You're just, it can kind of get old. Like, okay, I do this thing every day and this is how I treat this emotion. This is how I treat this feeling. And uh, this is how I yeah. do respond to this urge. I've become so aware of it that I'm like, hey, Cass, there's going to be a time every few months, maybe once a once a season, where we're going to need to scratch a compulsive itch or something more addictive might take the place of that thing. Yeah, I have this deck that I love. It's like called your like angel deck, oracle deck. I don't know what it's called, but um, ask your guides. And one of the cards that I always pull is like, don't deny or ignore your inner child because if you do, they will throw one hell of a tantrum. Yeah, and I love that reminder because you because you can get these ideas of like things need to be serious and then but that we all have an inner child and like the wonderment and the love and the excitement and the playfulness and the pushing the boundaries because I think that's also what it is. I mean, I understand the compulsive itch, but there's a little bit of something about like when you're a kid, you want to see like how far that's how you know you're alive. Is like how far can I go? Where are the edges of this experience? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, the, the, you know, off the top of my head, I think the main way that myself and other people can, that they deny their inner child and quash that little fucker out, choke him out, mm-hmm. is by catastrophizing and doom and glooming the future. Yeah. You know, that's you saying, like, I'm so adult. I've collected so many data points. I know where this is going. I see, you know, and it's what you're, what you're taking away is that little child's ability to have hope for themselves. And if you take that away from yourself, like, for me at least, I'm in no man's land. That's why I was yelling at you the other day. I was like, Cass, if we're going to keep taking fun things out of our life, or if we're going to keep making the fun things, like, very serious, can we just have a fucking kid? (laughs) Can we just, like, cut out the middleman here and just fucking have a kid? And, like, if we're already behaving in this, like, oh, let's get strict and let's make sure that, like, if, if we're not, you know, like, Let's just do the fucking ultimate, what we consider the boring thing for us. Like, let's just fucking do it. Fine. 
whatever. It'll take up our life. We'll love it. I've never heard of anyone that's had a kid regret having a kid. Maybe. I don't know. But usually you're like, yeah, I love this fucker. You know, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's why you have to keep catching me. And that's like what this our dynamic is. Sometimes I have to catch you and sometimes you have to catch me because, uh, yeah, it's like to keep that PMA. Yeah. You know, there's a balance of like acknowledging it, but also like maintaining hope or just just also the excitement that everything that happens also creates like everything negative creates like an opposite positive reaction. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's no it's not just like all bad or all good. And I was also reading that or listening to some Alan Watts the other night talking about how the road (laughs) the road to hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And that's really good for me as of late because you know i've tried to do what i thought were some generous things around the holiday but it's ended up like being like i don't know what's right for people i don't know what's best i don't know and to have the this idea that i know how to be generous or i know what they need or whatever is like very um uh self-centered or something yeah or egoic like i wasn't thinking of it like that i was just like it's the fucking holiday i want to be nice i want everyone to know that i support them or whatever it is yeah yeah and then I, you know, I, then I, of course, came across that and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. It yeah. doesn't mean don't do good deeds or oh, have no, good intentions no, and I all know. that. But like, yeah, just uh, don't get fucking righteous about it and think you know everything or know what the or, or expect the intended outcome. Yeah. Especially with my family, because they will not give you that satisfaction. So you can say, hey, I know the solution to this family's 45 years of issues. I'll be extremely generous about Christmas. Well, shit. On the other side of that experiment, you're going to be a lot more like this family than you were before. <laughs> you're going to be bitter. You're going to say, why didn't they fucking say thank you? Why the fuck? It? They barely. Re- no, I know. I'm just saying. Slippery slope. Okay. Do another Christmas like you did this year, next year. Get the same reaction and see if it doesn't start hardening you a little bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's not exactly. But it's also like. That's a, the big thing, I don't, not even to get in the details, but like to go into a family dynamic and try to like get in the mix. It's like, I, no one wants me in the mix, you know, no one wants to be thinking about me. I don't need to be putting myself in the mic, in the middle of your uh, family tension or drama or lack of communication or lack thereof. You know what I mean? Like they love you. And, and it's like, God, it's, it's actually, I never thought about this till now, but it's like the perfect training ground for the evolution of your soul. Like, you know how I always say, like we choose our families. It's like, you didn't get to choose who my family was. Yeah. I chose them before I got born, but like, you didn't get to choose who they are. Like they, they come into your life and they happen to fit like a glove, the type of people that would need to evolve you in the way you need to evolve and just making you a little bit more kind of realistic and like, and, and just the, the way you affect and soften them and the way that they affect and make you a little bit more real. Yeah. No, I hope it's mutually beneficial, you know, Yeah. in that evolution of our souls, but that's how I feel about every person you meet. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're meant to meet each other and that's, what's so exciting about life. And as someone who's such a, um, not only an introvert, but what's the, th- what a agoraphobic, you know? Yeah. It's really good for me to remember that going out in the world is like, you never know who you're going to meet. 
and how they could evolve your soul or every moment and every you know it's like that's, that's the only thing that keeps me going it's designed it's it's in the stars it's destiny yeah, yeah. you're you're that little moment you share is destiny and you've probably shared moments in other lives with those people for sure for sure yeah i gotta pee real quick okay hell yeah a little easier to conjure that pma <laughs> when you don't have to pee ma <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. This this time of year, well, especially like we're recording this January first. Um, it's like uh, it's a little easier to have. It's a little easier to tap into PMA. Like where it really starts to get in the weeds is like February, March. You know, at, at least for me. Oh, right now you got the high of like, all right, what? How am I going to do this year differently? Clean slate energy. Clean slate. You know, and everyone is collectively kind of in the same mindset as us. Like, let's do it a little better. Let's try to do it a little bit better this year. Like new, like people have New Year's resolutions. Like that's fucking awesome. You know, that's so cool. Like, do, you, do you have any? Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. They're always very personal. Yeah, you like, have to Like share. last year, like well, I could talk about it now because I actually did it. But like last year, I was like, I want to have, um, I want to floss every day. You know, like th- it sounds silly, but what that turned and I did it. And, um, what that turned into is like, uh, getting ready for bed ritual that is like kind of like a meditation for me. And it takes like 15 or 20 minutes and it involves brushing my teeth twice with two different toothbrushes, (laughs) (laughs) flossing and using this mouthwash. And like, um, I do some pull-ups while I'm doing the mouth. Like there's, I just have like a, like, I'm like, wow, like my old ritual was just like brush my teeth and go to bed. And now it's like. No matter how stoned out I am, no matter how crazy it's been or whatever, how tired I am, I force myself to do this like 15 to 20 minute ritual to like honor my my oral hygiene. <laughs> I don't know. It did, like it didn't seem like worth talking about it last year at this time or at any other point, but now that I did it, I'm like, that's cool. Now it's now it's a habit. Yeah. Now it's a habit I can't imagine not doing. I yeah. can't imagine the person that wasn't doing those things. It's funny that you hit a certain age and then it's like, fuck, I got to floss. Yeah. I mean, you should probably hit it. And you've got, you've gotten me to hit it. Like, I floss like once a week, once a month. I don't know. What? No, just be real. I don't floss. Yeah. You have beautiful teeth. You're somehow fine. You somehow have skated through 35 years without stretching or exercising or flossing or whatever. And I always say, I'm like, Cass, this shit caught up to me. Do it now. I got seven years on you. Do it now. Like start stretching. Like get, when you see me start stretching at night, get in there with me. And you're like, I will one of these days. <laughs> so that's why New Year's resolutions are cool. Because it's just like, hey, if not now, when? Like, what are you mm-hmm. going to wait till next year to make this fucking resolution? Totally. To, to start like brick by brick, the, building a new temple of habits that can benefit your life and mm-hmm. make you a little bit of a better person. Like, yeah. Life affirming habits. Yeah, not, not death def- affirming. <laughs> Life affirming habits, moving yeah. your body. Like I've I've gotten into some really good rituals that work for me. I don't know what works for other people or how other people get by, but it seems like other people have an easier go at it than me. Like it feels like I have to do more things <laughs> to get to the like all right, cool. I'm firing on all cylinders. Well, I think you have a high standard for how you want to show up. Yeah. So, yeah. That creates I'm not going to lower my standard for how I want to show up to life. I'm instead going to do what I got to do. And yeah, there was a bit of a reckoning happening with me and 
just beating myself. I'm not the I'm I'm not the worst about like beating myself up. Like I think you know me long enough. I don't even think you'd make that a defining quality. Like oh Sean really beats himself up, but when I do, it's bad, you know. And if I if I get in my head, you pathetic piece of shit, you fucking need nicotine. You fucking hated that your dad was addicted to the substance, and now you are. Mm. Fucking like, for the flimsiest little buzz that pretty much you can only tap into once a day and then you're chasing the dragon the rest of the day what what are we talking about i know and there's all this stuff about like oh nicotine's good for you but i'm like what is that artificial flavoring what is that shit there's no way that doing anything all day every day is like who's telling us that too nicotine's good for you some fucking podcaster that has a bunch of nicotine sponsors you know like i'm I'm, look i'm just throwing that out there like the hubermans of the world you know they they seem to be great guys with great ideas or whatever uh but it's just well he's he's saying bro why would you fucking tell people that like this expensive addictive habit like you're telling poor people who are trying to better their life they're listening to your podcast they're trying to figure out ways to better their life to say hey you know nicotine's good for you you know do you know what you're doing to people by saying that but as a doctor as somebody with a platform as somebody that gets out to a lot like saying like yeah nicotine's good for you and it's like yeah anyone that takes it would know yeah of course it, it for five seconds can help a conversation or help a thought get out or whatever or or quell like an intense feeling it should be few and far between that you're you're relying on that you know well i think it's also the idea is that it's better than smoking or vaping yeah. You know, and that's, but who, you know, nothing comes without a little cost. And, and that's where I think it's like you, we were with a friend the other day and you were like, she was like, oh, I quit spliffs and I've been clean or whatever. And you're like, I do these things. And I was like, you put Don't that away. Her. I was like, you put that away. That is not her problem. You no, know she's I mean? strong. She's strong. She's strong, but it's I like, but you know, it's also one of those, you understand what I'm saying. Like someone's like, Hey, I, I don't do nicotine at all anymore. And you're like, Oh, I do these things. And you show them. And it's like, you yeah, know what I mean? you're just like, we should have her on and talk about that. Cause like the way she, the way she quit, um, smoking was really cool. And it involved a, a piece of art that basically she was like painting her lungs as they were getting healthier. Like this painting was coming to life over the course of six months and, she has a great way of talking about it, but yeah, it's just really interesting. I could probably also like, maybe I'll do this with Joey at some point, a whole boys club where we just make fun of the new alpha brain trend. That's what we call like people that like optimize the optimize. Yeah. Like people that are just like optimize, optimize. And it's like, I'm like that. No, I know totally, that. Yeah. I know that. You, but as I'm soon not. as you listen to Huberman for five minutes, you're like, all right, the lights are red tonight. Oh, you t- you told me, <laughs> you were telling me for six months, you're like, you should get on this guy. You should fucking listen to this guy. Like, he's right up your alley in terms of like dialing things in. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I know once I give into it, I'm going to give into it. You're going to be a total alpha brain. Yeah. But like now this guy's been on the scene long enough where I'm like, all right, you fucking twisted joker. Like I stumbled across his... Uh, <laughs> I stumbled across a subreddit the other day and like people are talking about like, hey, boys, how many times a day you masturbate? You know, I'm down to three times a day, but like I want to get it. Like I'm like, guys, what are we fucking doing here? (laughs) What are we doing? Like I'm all about like getting behind the control panels of your life and like taking control of things and like. uh, But don't fuck with your orgasms. And don't fuck with my orgasm no but like <laughs> I, it's just like, i just feel like we're we're in the weeds and i'm like 
and whatever it like it's ultimately harmless but it's also just like so laughable to me well it becomes like a full-time job sometimes you know when you're just like all right i gotta do everything perfect and then anything that's not perfect it's like well fuck i'm not gonna sleep as good tonight and it's yeah. like anything that just like creates tension and then creates a wall between you and other people you're relating to because of your habits that need to be like respected <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. like it becomes too serious it's like that's what i'm saying like that's the part of it that's really funny to me it's like how is is that like they're si- they're literally sitting there on a subreddit talking about like what's the appropriate amount of times to masturbate per day to get the dopamine right and this and that and I'm like none of it is done with a sense of humor. That's kind of what it, like that's where I'm like oh this is my wheelhouse to make fun of this shit like these these it's just creating like such a self serious type of guy like in, uh, like a hyper masculine you know I don't I think that's what weed has helped me with it's like I'm hyper masculine and then I smoke this shit and I'm like I don't care I'm good. You know, I don't know what I was going on about. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think it's like you not caring kind of like throws the baby with, out with the bathwater sometimes. I care. What do you mean? Well, about nootropics and shit? No, <laughs> no, no, like about our life. You're like, oh, I just want to be chill. I don't want to look at the bank account. I don't want to oh, worry yeah, about no, anything. I know, I know. I it fucks I, me. Yeah, and it, and it, well, it fucks both of us. Not to, to blame you yeah, or anything, you know, but I it know. fucks both of us because we're on like this vibe of like, look, it's too stressful. I'm like, I want to do this. But then it's like, we get to a point where we're like, however many years old, we still have to like get through this life and work it out. And it's like, you're, because you're like, oh, I don't want to stress about this. And I'm using this other thing to not stress. Then you kind of like wipe the whole board. Of well, like, I, I I'm think... not going to stress about anything. And then it comes, it then it becomes something that's in your subconscious. And then it just like, yeah. comes up like yeah, a demon and child. It starts eating you alive. And like, yeah. I, I think what it is, is like, I don't know if you would agree, but like, I, I think I get hyper-focused on whatever it is. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm like, if I have a sense of our finances and the money coming in and going out, I'm going to become hyper-focused on it and I'm going to become a hyper-capitalist. Yeah. And I've already done that. You know, I didn't smoke weed till I was 30. What do you think I was doing before then? Yeah, no. Making, making money, baby. Making that money. Fucking making deals, scamming people, doing my thing. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no I, was, I was genuinely making a good living yeah. and, and trying really hard to get some imaginary number on an imaginary screen to go up. And it never led to happiness. And uh, I get, I had more access to happiness when I didn't focus on that stuff. So then I hyper not focused on it. And then I hyper focus on like a weed life that is very chill and works for me. And it feels like it's honoring an inner child that never got to fucking have that, mm-hmm. you know. And now your inner child has, has had how many orgies and they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then your inner adult is like, what about me, bro? Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. That's the reckoning that's happening now, you know. Yeah, I don't want to judge myself too hard for I'm any of it. I'm, I'm, I'm more just like in the mindset of like, all right, what can I add and take away and see how that feels? And yeah, we're all just doing alchemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's see how life feels without without nicotine. I know why I needed it. Like I was, I was talking about it before. Like, I know why I needed it, of course, and. It really got like really came into hyperdrive uh, when d- during the quarantine. Like I don't know what else to say. Like nicotine wasn't a big part of my life before the quarantine, and then it started and it became a huge part. That's of my when you life. got into hop, eh, real hard. That's when I was like, really, yeah, yeah. Really, I feel like it was even before that, maybe. Yeah, but like I peaked out on that shit uh, during the quarantine. During the quarantine, and like shortly after uh, we had our thing with Carrie. I was like, I got to stop blowing this shit up my nose 10 times a day. Mm. All day, every day. Yeah. 
blowing some jungle dust up my nose. What are we doing? I'm not like the person to talk to about addiction or how to get off of things. But I think having like a plan, like having goals and being like, okay, when I have a craving, this is how I'm going to respond to that craving. That's why I was being upfront with you about food. I'm, I'm like, I think that the thing, part of the thing I was using nicotine for is to like, uh, not becoming like a hungry, angry person. Hangry. Hangry. I don't want to get hangry. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to lash out or have anything like that going on. So I'll use this thing and it'll get me by. And and it's crazy because every day you'll come out and be like, hey, do you want some avocado toast or an apple? And I'm like, and, you st- and, and you're like, I'm going to have a snack. Do you want some? And I'm like, no, nope, I just put nicotine in because I had the same thought as you at the same time. And instead of treating it with food and the nutrients my body's calling for by being hungry, I'm just quashing that out with nicotine. And it's so temporary. Gives you no buzz, no relief. And after a while, it doesn't even help with like mood enhancement. Mm -hmm. It actually does the opposite. So now when you don't have it, your mood is shit. Yeah, you're... I'm not saying you were unjustified in having a shit mood and like... I'm not I'm not undoing all the things that you said and to me and needed to communicate as if I didn't hear them or respect them. No, they're that. real things. They're just yeah. it, it, the, the emotion behind them is so heightened because yeah, no, I'm hungry. Yeah, no, it's hard. It becomes hard to talk to you in a real yeah. way. Yeah. Because these are real things that we both need to talk about. But it's like there's there's no accessing you because you're hijacked by this, I guess, withdrawal or whatever yeah. it is. Like I, I have the utmost respect for anyone that's ever quit anything that wasn't working for them anymore. Yeah. Especially some sort of addictive chemical, especially smoking. Cause with smoking, it's like, it's beyond nicotine. There's the ritual. It's like, Oh, I, I roll the cigarette. Then I fucking light it and I smoke the thing and I look cool when I smoke the thing. I have to step outside when I do that. And that kind of gives me like a little bit of like an outlaw feeling on my life. And like, you know, uh, fuck it. And, it's just fucking straight up insidious. It's so hard to quit and there's no detox or rehab for doing that thing that's slowly killing you. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, no, it's it affects you your sense of identity, your emotional regulation, um habits. Like there's so many levels in which this becomes ingrained and patterned into your being. Yeah. So you're not just like Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You have to like see yourself as a non-smoker and see yourself as a non-drinker and and have a, a plan in place for what to fill that in with. Yeah, and 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 also to realize what it was to begin with and take it beyond like, oh, it's nicotine. No, like no, it's dopamine. Mm-hmm. It's dopamine. I I need dopamine right now. And while I'm trying to get off nicotine, I'm I'm not going to go into complete dopamine withdrawals. I'll just replace it now with something else that I know I'm not going to get addicted to or whatever. Like, I'm never going to be a fat fuck. I could stuff my face all day, every day. I'm never going to gain a pound. So I'll use food for a while. And I'll use it to yeah. feel a little bit different when I want to feel a little bit different. Because that's all it is. It's just a feeling where it's like, I don't want to feel like this right now. What can I do? All the conversations about dopamine have made me want to get a fewer dopamine releases but bigger dopamine releases well that's why i like what's a crazy one to me the example i was getting to actually uh is like is sex mm-hmm. like every movie everything you've ever seen is like people have sex and then they immediately light up a cigarette it's that's like dopamine on dopamine <laughs> and, and like after sex like your dopamine is fucking through the roof yeah it's probably the most like natural dopamine you can tap into you know i think besides like a cold plunge yeah, yeah. 
But how natural is that? I'm talking about connecting with a woman for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. It sets off all those chemicals like a crazy thing. And like the idea that like like the other day, it's like we had sex and then afterwards I'm like, oh, I normally would like pop one of these things in my mouth. I'm like, wait, I already have the dopamine. Because cause that's, that's all the nicotine would give me. Cass just gave it to me. And it just gave me like that second that just, God, you just need to create a little bit of space for light to come through a little bit of space for light to come through. And that's all it was for me in that moment is realizing I already have the dopamine and that light, that little space got a little bigger in that moment. That's cool. And that's all I'm working on every day right now. And this is why I think it's insane that anyone quits anything without isolating themselves. Yeah. No, cause, cause we, because you were sick and I had my period, like also just perfect. It was, was like, I, I, like if I'm not going to quit nicotine now, I'm not going to quit it. Well, you, but you know, but you were also like, you weren't only withdrawing from that, but it was like, we weren't as connected. And then no, like, I was going through sex withdrawal, the uh, nicotine I th- withdrawal. I think that's the perfect thing to do at an end of the year is to just totally humble yourself and mm. just, you know, cause you, you start a new year and I think what really, um, propels us forward is like gratitude, you know, our like grateful for what we have and sometimes you need to feel what it feels like to not have those things to have the gratitude for when things are popping off and have the goal in mind of like wow it feels so good when I finish a movie that dopamine hit is so worth all the trials and tribulations that'll take to get to that moment yeah well I mean it's a I'm not even gonna get into it now the rabbit hole of like this is what I mean when I talk about all the time how like collectively like we fucked our reward systems up mm-hmm. you know? no I mean we want to talk about other things on this podcast but it's literally we just talk about whatever the biggest thing is in our life and it's like because of culturally the you know social media or uh addictive substances or porn. food or porn or whatever it is it's like do you know what it used to take to see a naked woman yeah you could go your whole life yeah if you were an ugly motherfucker you could go your whole life not seeing a naked woman like the re- our reward systems are completely fucked up like i i've talked about it on past podcasts but it's probably been a while but like all these beautiful women in our life that are like my boyfriend can't get it up or doesn't care about having sex or like I can't even meet a decent guy or like I don't even bother anymore. And it's like they're addicted to porn. I'm so sorry. They are. I I already know without knowing they're addicted to porn. Their reward system is all fucked up. Seeing your naked body, it's not going to hit the same way it did back in fucking the 80s or the 1880s, the 1780s. It's just not going to, it just doesn't hit the same way. And across the board, that's the whole thing. What, What we've done is like, we fried out all those receptors mm-hmm. and, and I'm not just talking about sex. I'm like across the board. It's just fucking way too easy to take something or do something that uh, sets off those things that we used to have to work really hard to get to, you know? Yeah, no, that's, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's I'm, why we're raw dog in this that's year. That's why we're raw dog in this year. <laughs> You know, and it's like, okay, I want to be like, I look at last year and I'm like, okay, I wasn't in a position to give money, but I gave money because that's the best way I could be generous. And now I'm just like, well, I need to be more creative with how I'm generous and yeah. what how I show up for people and what I can offer. And I think that I'm like, there's an old life where I was in a position to be like, oh, I got your back. Here's money. Like you guys, whatever. And it's like, now I'm just like, oh, I like my generosity. I have to be more creative and what people actually need in this life might yeah. not, if even if they do technically need money, money might not actually be what they really 
need for me at least. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's that's yeah, that's it, it's commendable and it does help people and it's extraordinarily generous. And I do, in a fucked up way, think it's like a, a good karma for our life to give away money we don't have. Like, yeah. I do think it's a good prayer in our life that eventually you and I will be like, fuck yeah, I'm glad you fucking did that. Like, I know <laughs> I, I freaked so. out because I, I, I don't know how much money we have. But when I find out how much money you gave away for Christmas, it disturbed me. Yeah, It disturbed me. And I'm like, hey, is that based on, did we really need to do that? You know, like it, it, it disturbed me in the way of like, uh, hey, were you on one and feeling really guilty and then gave away our money that we were saving up to make the movies like. Yeah, I mean, I think everything plays into it, but I think I did mushrooms and I was I don't know if it was guilt <laughs> as much as like I just felt like immense abundance. And I don't I don't think that's like I think you were tapping into something real. I think you were tapping into like almost like a precognition because I feel it too. I'm like, it's kind of why I haven't taken us being broke that seriously because I'm like, it's not going to be for long. Like we have so many goddamn irons in the fire. We're not sitting around here uh, waiting for crypto to go up or something. We're doing work. Yeah. You know, like we don't run a scam thing. We do work and it eventually leads to money, but it's not always immediate, but I feel it coming. So. As much as I want to freak out about you giving away the money we don't have, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's kind of badass. <laughs> I think it's cute. I think it's uh, it it sets off real feelings that I think I should be allowed to talk of course, about. Yeah, of course. And it it sets in motion dynamics that I don't think you understand fully. But it is badass. It, and I think <laughs> when you were like, "Are you? Is this how you're trying to get my attention?" I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't know that, but maybe you know, because like." This whole like, oh, I'm not thinking about money or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, if we're not going to think about money, let's not think about money. Like, what is money? Who cares? What is what is it yeah, even? You yeah, know exactly. I mean? You give away our money and I'm like, I'll stop smoking weed and taking nicotine and being completely out of it. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Totally. Literally, that's what happened. And it's like, it hasn't been fun and I'm eating my karma on this one. But um, I do, I can't help but always trust because it's a more fun way to live that things happen for a reason and that things are correcting course and that you know what i mean it's look and you got it from me i've always been a give it away person you know i've never been uptight about money resources our space or you know our living situation whatever give it away if someone needs something and you can provide it give it to them yeah i've I've been that way about our whole film career yeah no you know give it away i'll talk about in every interview exactly how we did whatever it is you're curious about how we did i'll give it away so you can go do it you know I don't care. I don't want to be uptight because I don't want people to be uptight with me. Yeah. But man, that made me uptight. I know. And it was really good humbling at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and a really beautiful lesson from my beautiful woman that just to show me what's more important than life, you know? Yeah. What's, what are the Well, I mean, I just things? like, we prioritize having such a good time. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't, f- not that I don't feel comfortable in shame, but I'm like, I want someone else in our life to have as good of a time or like show that we care. Just like kind of just put that as like a less selfish priority, like our good time. Mm. You know what I mean? It just, it felt like, and then that's why you're like, we should just fucking have kids. Cause we, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I see what you're doing and I know where that instinct comes from. Yeah. And it's a, it's a biological urge Yeah. and you want to take care of things and people and, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, we can do whatever. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. We can do whatever. 
we have a lot of energy and I'm very excited about this year. We have a lot of ideas and I like think that we're looking at different ways to be like more on the same page and more with each other and go in and through difficult things and having the, and realizing we, I think there was the year of like, oh, I'm just like trying to survive being at my parents. And then you're like getting into a place where you're like, okay, let me try to thrive here. And now it's like, yeah. hey, if I need to survive here, maybe I'm not meant to be here. Yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. like, there's like a natural evolution that continues to happen where it's like, okay, how can we truly be there for your parents in the best way? And maybe that doesn't necessarily mean us being there every day, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Because we need to make money so we can support your family. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, yeah. it's like this weird thing of like wanting to support them physically, but then also realizing you need to support them financially well, and just being like, wait, what, how do we do both? Well, and, and like the thing we're trying to do is like, it, it, it it's beyond us. It's like, oh, we, we want to take care. Like, oh, my parents have been just worried about Katie. Like, we can offer them respite. Like, we're, we're not working day jobs. Like, we can, we can come offer our help and our, and, and whatever. We'll, we'll offer everything like they've been through it you know they've been taking care of katie for 36 years having out of control seizures cool we're here for it then you realize when you're here for it you're like oh this is a slog this is life katie's gonna have seizures and she's gonna keep living and she's gonna need to be taken care of beyond physically and once my parents aren't here who's gonna do that and will i have taken myself out of the workplace for so long that i'm useless to it already i think i have so, you know, you kind of start putting yourself between a rock and a hard place. And I'm like, yeah, that's where the tension starts to come in. But what relieves it is just uh, knowing we have community and we have friends and we have people that want to see our work and we have ideas for what that work should be. Yeah, the tension is a gift. That's what I'm trying to get into. This weight is I a gift. That the weight is a gift. And I think that's like you were you kind of gave me some valuable lessons towards the end of the year because like I was trying to fix things when I should have just been more open to feeling things yeah and um yeah and like allowing things to be and trust that i would be generous when it was time to be generous and know that in my heart and and not be preemptively like here let me try to solve your problem overcompensating for what you perceive to be your misgivings as a family member and you know overcompensating for you know the tragic story other families have told about themselves and think you're going to be the hero of the day it's I don't, like i don't even be the hero i just like i don't even it's not even like i saw no, that i know you're not even like that it's just more like i can solve this problem i'm going to do it and i think it's a commendable quality but i also think but it's also we need an in-breath but it's also my way of avoiding just feeling it and just being like okay like sibling dynamics yeah. are hard yeah like, there's nothing I can do to make this dynamic easier. There's no quick fix. There's no, like, you know, and as someone who doesn't have a sibling, I, like, yeah, don't it's understand. It's cute. You it. don't really understand. <laughs> it's it's really cute. It, it's it's cute that you think you can take what's, what's been a tense thing for 40-plus years with me and my sister and solve it with money. Which and that's you, not yeah. going to make things worse. I know. <laughs> like, okay i'm gonna let you run these experiments and you know figure your life out for you but i'm gonna have a say in it moving ahead <laughs> i did get your consent just... yeah no i know i know yeah we're gonna be on the same page let's hop over to the patreon let's do a little afterglow oh okay yeah okay yeah we'll we'll just, we'll just talk a little bit more we were up in the air of whether this would be an afterglow or not so oh this is a great episode okay we're starting the year off strong okay good what what are you talking about no it's good i just i would now i'm just finding out for the first moment how you feel oh about you thought things. that this was going to be a patreon episode now no, we I might just, record a real I one i didn't know what are we going to talk about on the real one i don't know <laughs> that we have new sweaters and t-shirts and hats buy our sweaters and t-shirts and hats we have very high quality merchandise and it's tasteful 
Yeah, it's, I love I love that hat. It's I wear it every day. The sweatshirt is my favorite thing. Everyone who has gotten one, at least in that I've heard back from, has said these are like legit. These are yeah. like my mom when I gave her when she was like, "This is like the most I've never had a seen even a sweater this legit." Like this. That's is- how I feel. We we went out of our way to buy the most legit. Like if we're gonna sell stuff, I want it to last. I want it to be good. I want it to be someone's favorite thing. And it's really hard to get that across until people have received their orders and they're like, "Oh, you weren't fucking around." Yeah. And now that we've had that wave of people, I think the rest of this will sell out. And so yeah, well, it's like, get them while you can. Yeah, they're awesome. What's the website? Uh, everything can be found on our website, veryape.tv. So super simple or churchofchill.etsy.com. And we'll send you stickers for free. Yeah. Just gotta send us your address. Yeah. DM me your address on Discord or Patreon. We have like a solid sticker pack. We've, we've produced so many stickers. There's like, I love stickers. I don't know if everyone shares my enthusiasm for stickers, but I have a a great enthusiasm for stickers and Hey, like-minded heads do. And if you feel uncomfortable just asking me for stickers, you can send me stickers. So I will do a trade. I'm always, and if you, I, I don't need stickers. I like, seriously, it's the joy of my life to send these out. So do not feel self-conscious if you're not sending me stickers. I don't know yeah. how to say that. Yeah. Anyway, blah, And blah, don't blah. feel self-conscious if you haven't somehow joined our Patreon yet. But uh, it would be nice to have you join the party. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. It's just $2. You get tons of bonus uh, podcasts and our Church of Chill radio show where we play beautiful music once a week. And, uh. Yeah, I don't know. Probably a bunch of other things. I think it's a great fucking time. I love our Patreon. I think our Patreon's the best out there. Yeah. Not only do I think it's a great time, I look at other ones that I subscribe to, and I subscribe to a lot of Patreons, because if you're an artist and you're not supporting other artists, you ain't an artist, bro. You're an artistic opportunist. So I support a lot of Patreons, and I think ours is the best. Because there's just so much original content on there. And I think the Patreon serves for what it should be is like, hey, this stuff's behind a paywall because it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting a little more personal here. We're getting into copyright protected music territory that <laughs> uh, YouTube won't allow and Spotify won't allow. <laughs> yeah, like I even think of that live stream we did with Noah. He was like, I think I might put this out on my regular Patreon. And I'm like, or on my regular uh, podcast feed. And we're like, no, we're man. like, you're crazy. We were talking about threesomes. We were like people, like we went on a live stream with Noah. That's another thing we're going to do probably monthly on our Patreon. That was really fun. I just want to say thank you to everyone who showed yeah. up to that because that ended up being a party. Like, that it was felt, a party. It that was great. awesome. I didn't think anyone was going to care or show up and all these people showed up. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I would let Noah put it out as a podcast, but it's like I said stuff I would never say on a podcast recording. You know what I mean? I was answering people's questions. There was a lot of questions about throttling, and I didn't expect that. And I think we were kind of just like a little like, eh, let's not put this we out. We were just a- also in a weird moment in our moment of throttling. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. We could talk about that a little bit more in the Patreon. Yeah. We, got, we got some sparkles in our life. <laughs> All right. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining us. Peace, love, and magic. Peace, love, and magic. Love you guys.